It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With the 18th pick in the 2019 draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Garrett Bradbury, center, North Carolina State. And Kirk Cousins, we don't have video on him, but he's celebrating along with Garrett Bradbury. This is the best center in the draft and one of the best to come out in the last handful of years. Like I was sitting in my office one day and Andre Patterson was watching all the defensive linemen and obviously there's a lot of great defensive linemen in this draft. And he came in and he said, who's a center from NC State? This guy's a really good football player. Uh, and so, you know, that even intrigued me more because, uh, you know, the way he was playing against these top-level uh, defensive linemen in the ACC. He started as a... Uh, a guard is a sophomore, started at center his junior and senior year. Very, very athletic, very smart, very tough. Yeah, got great balance, so, uh, yeah, we're excited to have All right. How'd you guys sleep last night after our uh, Purple Daily draft extravaganza that went late into the night? Because we thought maybe, maybe the Patriots would trade 32 to the Vikings for Kyle Rudolph. I don't know about you guys, but when I have, I've, I've done marathon broadcasts like that before for the draft and a couple other things. Yeah. And I walk out of here and I am just like mentally just spent. And then by the time I get home, I'm wired and I can't sleep and I have to watch TV and eat for two hours before I actually get sleepy. So it, did you did you do those things? Yes, last night? yeah, I did. <laughs> so what time did you go to sleep? Probably about one thirty, two in the morning. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Not me. I was tired. I went home and I just <laughs> head hit the pillow. That's the great thing. I can sleep, man. I got no problem sleeping. I went home and grinded the film on Bradbury. Actually, <laughs> uh, actually uh, speaking of Garrett Bradbury, he will join us uh, in about fifteen or twenty minutes from now. We're going to talk to the Vikings' first round draft pick and. The, the the second time in the last basically fifteen or twenty years they've drafted an offensive lineman in the first round. So just uh, I know we were on last night for hours and hours and hours and we were punch drunk. But now that we're refreshed, we've had almost twenty four hours to think about it. Uh, do we all still agree that this was one hundred percent the right thing to do? If you had an offensive lineman that could potentially be a staple for the next five or ten years and could fix your team right now. And he fell to your lap. Don't get cute. Just pull the trigger. And that's 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 my thought, anyways. After thinking on this, absolutely yes. You had a, in win now mode, which they are. You were in position because partially of guys that fell in a very good position at eighteen to make a very solid pick. 
And I think if you had an okay team, you might have gotten creative and gone, you know, tried to trade with Houston for 23. They, they get 18. You think your guy's going to be there. Uh, you get a couple more picks because of that. And I think in certain circumstances, that's absolutely fine. But when you have an offensive line as bad as the Vikings was last year and the left side of the line was as big a mess and, and your quarterback is fumble prone and that's his blind side, I basically have thought for the past three weeks or so, if you can do what the Vikings did last night, do it. Don't ask questions. Don't say, well, we could have traded you know, down a little bit or we could have done this or that. This was a circumstance in which if the Vikings were ever going to do do what I guess we could call the safe thing, you do it last night. Yeah, no I'm, problems. I'm more convinced today than I was last night that it was the right thing. Just getting up today and and reading up on Garrett Bradbury, doing the 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 research on the guy, and I'm more sold today on him. And that that was the right pick and and the right decision to make there than I was last night when they actually made it. The only like my only hesitance here is the fact that there's no dirt on this guy. Like the only dirt I've seen is oh he got a little frisky in this video that Rami showed me where he was like on a jet ski and caught. Did you a, see that, Judd? A punt no. off a dock. For like, like, maybe he lives a little bit of a risky lake lifestyle or I'll show something. it to you during oh, the break. Oh, not that. So his, <laughs> his punter yeah. jump punts a football off a dock, and Bradbury's on a jet ski like he's a wide receiver running a route and catches it over his shoulder. On a, on the jet on ski. On the jet ski. That's nice. It was Very nice abilities. It's impressive. Well, it, tight it is, end to that, start with. But that's more dangerous than like Anthony Rizzo stepping up on a tarp to catch a fly ball. So I'm, <laughs> it is, I it need is, a Judd alarm here. But linemen, thank you. O-linemen, I think traditionally are pretty boring dudes, right? Think, Actually, no. Well, no, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying as far as their past being filled with, oh my God, this guy did this or or that. Right. They're colorful people. Yes. So, so that's they, a good way. To so they can it. be fun mm-hmm. and they can be a little weird, certainly, but they're not the type of person who you Google their name and are like, oh, red flag there, red flag there, red flag there. I think they like to drink beer. I think they like to have fun, but within the parameters of of fun that's not considered to be destructive. Um, destructive. No, I'm serious. No, I'm serious because there's some positions and there's some guys where you're like, oh boy, that's bad. So, like Eli I'm Manning is all about destructive fun. Like that no, guy. Quarterbacks just, are yeah. quarterbacks are downright boring. <laughs> yeah, for I, the most part. I used to work with a couple of NFL players, and they broke it down for me. So, like. Linebackers, fullbacks, and running backs—they're scary, crazy. Okay, like thank you. They, they might do something to harm themselves or the people around them. Linebackers, you're right. Defensive linemen and offensive linemen—they're fun, crazy. They're like go catch a football on a jet ski, crazy. And like like Judd said, they're always pretty colorful. Yeah, they're almost always the best interviews. Almost always the best interviews. If they'll talk linemen. to you, right? That's the difference. Yeah, sometimes offensive linemen. There's a couple I. Don't want to name names, John Sullivan. That like de- definitely were, were awesome guys, but knew that they were smarter than you, and just found the whole exercise to be pointless. Right? Like, why are you? Why are you asking me questions right now? <laughs> well, You're a moron. Yeah. You probably right. wanted to play football, but. You're too much of a shrimp. Right. Uh, you know, I went to an elite school and make millions of dollars and I'm smart. So I'm smarter why are we, why are we you, doing this? More right athletic now? than you. <laughs> we really shouldn't be talking to each other. No. But but uh, unfortunately, the league is forcing me to stand here right now. Therefore, well, and John was nice about Ask it. Ask your question. He was. John was very pleasant. He just wasn't going to tell you the time of day. No. You know what? I don't care if Garrett Bradbury, who we're going to have on here in about 10 or 15 minutes, I don't care if he is uh, if he's friendly with the media or not. If he can at least keep a quarterback from getting mauled an extra time or two per game, 
And if he can be this franchise center, are, are we just flat out assuming that he's going to be We're the center that. and Alfline's going to move to guard? They're not saying yet. When will when will they have to tip their hand? Preseason game number one? Or no, probably the camps, right? Practices and stuff. Yeah, the the uh, probably when they start OTAs, they're going to have to assemble a first team line, right? Well, they could still go back and forth on them until they get to I training camp. I think this kid's just going to play that. I, I mean, because Elfline can play guard, yeah. so what's the incentive to try and fool teams? Is it like not that this the matters, Packers but, care? Like, like the Packers aren't going to be like, we don't know where Bradbury's playing. What oh are God. we going to do? What are we going to do? No, you change your whole game plan. You exactly. plan around Bradbury. You plan your defense around Bradbury. It's like when Brad Childress used to keep it secret back in two thousand six or seven. Uh, uh, is it so? Is it going to be uh, Kelly Holcomb or Brooks Bollinger this week? <laughs> uh, competitive advantage. Uh, I can't tell you. Do you guys no, want a statistical matter. analytical breakdown of the difference that Bradbury could have? Yes, Arif let's do Hassan it. had a really good analytical breakdown of Bradbury today, and this this was the part that I found most interesting. All of it was interesting, but as far as for radio purposes and not delving too deep and boring people with some of the other stuff in here, go read it if you're a football nerd. But for the rest of us, let me just give you a couple of paragraphs. He says, another element to take into account when breaking down the value of a draft pick isn't just the likelihood of that player succeeding, but finding out the value of the snaps he'll be replacing. Really interesting way to think about it. I don't know about you guys. I never really thought about it in that way. He says, in this case, Bradbury is replacing Mike Remmers or Tom Compton, yeah. either by directly playing guard or indirectly by playing center and moving Elfline to guard. Elfline ranked 26th of 27 in pass blocking efficiency among centers with at least 50% of their team snaps, and Compton and Remmers ranked 42nd and 43rd of 51 guards, meaning that if Elfline re- uh, replicated his performance last year at either position, and Bradbury played at an average level, the Vikings would be taking about 22 to 25 pressures off the field, and that alone would drop Cousins from 5th in pressure rate in the NFL to 10th. Yeah, I mean, th- this is a... So the, the you're, what you're essentially describing is value over replacement player, exactly. right? Or if, yeah. if I could use a, a sabermetric acronym, VORP. VORP, which is... <laughs> More commonly used in basketball and baseball because it's just a little easier to quantify things because you have shot attempts and at bats and for offensive linemen, you know, there's there's not many things to like statistically quantify uh, how good you are. It's a lot of film work and uh, but I would say uh, the the most glaring example of a value over replacement player situation in Minnesota sports is when the twins upgraded their defensive situation in left field from Josh Willingham to Eddie Rosario over the course of three years, where it's not just that you're putting Eddie Rosario in left. It's that you had a guy who gave up like 25 extra runs in left field (laughs) and you're now upgrading to a guy who saves a bunch of runs. So yes, putting if Bradbury is who we think he is, putting him on any team would, would be a, a benefit to that team, but putting him on a team where you've got, replaceable and potentially uh, like guys who'd be cut after training camp caliber players, the gap is even wider. So and yeah. I, I think the potential co- uh, comp to baseball is actually Buxton b- because these five guys all work in lockstep. And so Buxton c- clearly goes and gets baseballs that guys can't get yeah. and covers for them. The elf line thing. So, so Compton was a disaster and it's not Tom's fault. I think Tom's a nice guy. I really do. I think he's a well-meaning human being, but he was never meant to start, okay? Remmers w- was put in a position going from right tackle to right guard that was completely unfair. He was a decent right tackle. I don't think he had any business playing guard. But the most important per- uh, person that you mentioned right there, 
Rami was Elfline because Elfline was coming off two surgeries that he had after the NFC title game. And if you recall, he was slow to come back. He came back and wasn't that good. And in his rookie year, Elfline was actually pretty good. So we're talking about now Reef playing by a guy who's probably going to return to his 2017 form, which is going to improve him. And then implementing a center that's going to, to make sense. I would say the only concern now on the line is is the right guard that they signed the guy from the Titans. But that's the one concern now. So you've gone from basically two to three concerns, if not more, down to one. And and the elf line, I, I think that in the system that they're going to use and an elf line uh, coming back now into training camp being healthy, it's going to make an enormous difference. So uh, if you if you want any of our coverage in written form, video form, we had, uh, what, a five-hour live Purple Daily special last night, which you can find on demand at scorenorth.com. In fact, we broke it up into the lead-up to the pick, and then if you just want our reaction, Judd Zolgad, Rami Makhlov, myself, Matthew Collar, if you just want our reaction live to the pick and then everything after, that's part two of the podcast. So just go find scorenorth.com and click on uh, the latest Purple Daily from last night. I guess there's a, a Purple Daily from this afternoon, too. But now that we're going into the second round tonight, you can find the full ESPN coverage of the draft right here at 6 o'clock. How frisky do you guys want to get? Because I just did a Google search. Second round mock drafts. That's right. Ooh. Oh, we had Done a lot, after of, last night a lot of re-mockers from oh, yeah. last night. Oh, oh you yeah. got a re-mock. Bring I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Because this one's from NFL.com, and it's Lance Zierlein. Lance's been all over the place the last two days. We were reading his tweets last night. So Lance has Jawan Taylor, offensive tackle, going to the Arizona Cardinals at pick number 33. Collar's a big fan. You know that. I would think if you're the Cardinals and, and you had... A, Juwan Taylor was widely mocked to be a first-round pick. If you wind up with what you think is a franchise quarterback and a value, maybe franchise tackle with your first two picks, that's not knee problem, right? Uh, that's the that's, that's the word. Was yes, okay. Circulating last night. Yes, it came out of nowhere. Let's see. Uh, DK Metcalf, thirty-six to the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to skip through here. Greedy Williams, one of the highly touted cornerbacks to the Bills at pick number forty. Mm-hmm. Drew Locke to the Denver Broncos at pick forty-one. And we scroll down to the Minnesota Vikings with pick number fifty overall. And according to NFL.com's Landsier line, they would select tonight offensive lineman Cody Ford from Oklahoma. I want a mock. Mock. Could fall all the way that, deep into the second round. There, there's some value there because that, that was a guy who the Vikings. I don't know if they were projected to take him at 18, but he was certainly around that pick at one point. There were some mocks that had him going to the Vikings in the first. How does round, the head correct? coach handle this if you take back-to-back linemen on the offensive side of the ball? Well, ultimately, he coaches the entire team. So this is what's funny. I mean, you want to call and tell him that we joke about. Well, I guess joking is it's it's reality. He's a defensive guy. <laughs> yes. But ultimately, if your offense can't protect the quarterback and if you can't score points, then like, you preside over that too. So, so he should be happy. Hold on, I'm happens. gonna call. Him. Yeah, I'm somebody gonna, call Mike. Do I'm gonna Mike call Zimmer's him. Number? Jonathan, can you call Mike Zimmer and explain to him what Phil just said? Yeah, I like my job and I like my life, so I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> 
He's not going to come here and put a hit on you. How do you know? He, he well, might, actually. Well, I mean, yeah, Everson you know. Griffin, the office linebacker situation. Is what's going on. <laughs> That's what Robbie said about linebackers. Your life. <laughs> so, well, if, they, if, that, if that happened and they wound up with, uh, with, with maybe a value lineman in the second round and just two offensive linemen in the first two rounds, it would definitely be the most aggressive they've gone after offensive line in my lifetime. So Let me ask you this. Drew Locke was a quarterback that a lot of people thought could go in the first round. The mock I'm looking at from Dane Brugler, I don't know if you want me to go through it or not, but the mock that I'm going through. I, I, yeah, come on. I want a mock. 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 Don't you explain the rules to Romney. I want it's just my roundabout mock. way. The mock I'm looking at without the song. Um, like you tried to just kind of casually yeah. float your mock out I'm there. I'm just looking at a mock right now. As if it's not part of the segment. That's fine. Um, <laughs> they have DK Metcalf going to the Cardinals at 33. Uh, let's see. Rock Yasin, cornerback from Temple to the Colts. Dalton Risner, a guy who a lot of people yeah. had uh, the, the Vikings interested in yeah, to the sure. Raiders yeah. at 35. I still don't see. Where's Jawan Taylor? I, he is falling far down. Dan what is Drugler's this knee board. problem? I don't know. This has to be fairly severe. He has Jawan Taylor going all the way at 48 to the Dolphins. If if there's a possibility he could slip to the Vikings, knee injury be damned. You take that risk, right? At 50? Yeah. For a guy who had a first-round grade? I got to know what's wrong with him is now. This, is this degenerative? Is it going to keep him out? For- How did this not go... Reported Brugler, by somebody. Brugler only he only put a few notes he only put notes for a few players' names in his draft, and Juwan Taylor was one of them. And he says Taylor was flagged with a knee injury that knocked him out of the first round, but he might be worth the risk this far oh. down the board. And that was at forty eight. Hold on, let's try that again. I want a mock. Mock. Was the guy in the closet? I want you mock. All right, let's abandon the closet. But what I was about to say was, any interest in Drew Locke if he slips to you at fifty? Collar has been saying you have to start thinking about quarterback after Cousins. You only have him for two more years. Locke had a first-round grade. I can't just do experimental quarterback in the second round. I would do franchise quarterback in the first round. I wouldn't do experimental quarterback in the second round. Not with I, not with fragile-minded Kirk Cousins. The last time he was in a situation like that, he basically you know, threw a tantrum and then worked his way out of Washington. So I, not for a, Not for a coin flip or less. But for a franchise guy, like if, if Kyler Murray was there for the Vikings what? in the first round, okay, yeah, I'm in. intrigued. Yeah, I agree. And in fact, we, we said today um, on uh, the podcast that we did that I would have considered a Josh Rosen trade for a third round pick. I don't think I can do second round pick. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I can get creative right there. And by the way, Brugler, we never got to the Vikings pick in his mock. He has him taking Draymond Jones, defensive tackle out of Ohio State. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's come back to some of this. We can. I mean, there's plenty more second round mocks floating out there. Just, and we're supposed to be having Garrett Bradbury here momentarily, he, right? He we might we, want to talk about mock drafts for all. Well, when we come back, maybe we'll just have him mock the second round. <laughs> I'm sure that'll go well. He probably knows we ask him he, that. He knows all the players. <laughs> Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new Score North and Federated Mutual Insurance Company is here to make sure that we all get home safe, whether it's tonight or this weekend. Uh, they're they're full of interesting facts that uh, we should all be aware of. For one, distracted driving leads to 300-plus thousand accidents with injuries uh, every single year in this country, at least at last survey. So while cell phones are the most talked-about distraction on the road, plenty of other objects break our concentration behind the wheel. The radio, food, drinks, passengers... 
anything and everything can uh, can vie for our attention. So always reaching our destination safely should be our number one priority when we're driving. And when our attention's where it needs to be, then uh, we're doing our part to make it home safe ourselves and make sure everyone else makes it home safe as well. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Garrett Bradbury joining us next. The Vikings' first-round pick on Mackie and Judd with Rami. Because what you listen to doesn't come from just one source. We offer Minnesota sports. Minnesota sports. Lots of it. Whenever you want it. Wherever you are. Even when you're mobile. On the move. Remain grounded with access to the content that you're passionate about. Get it all here. Score North. Minnesota sports. Anytime. Anywhere. ScoreNorth.com. With the 18th pick in the 2019 draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Garrett Bradbury, center, North Carolina State. Kirk Cousins, we don't have video on him, but he's celebrating along with Garrett Bradbury. This is the best center in the draft and one of the best to come out in the last handful of years. Guys, I, I call him the Grim Reacher coach because I've never seen somebody reach more times in the run game than what Garrett Bradbury does. He is outstanding with his quickness. If you think about guys, he reminds you of, you go back and look at, the, at Jason Kelsey and Ryan Khalil, he's that type of center. The quickness is off the charts. All right, the Grim Reacher. By the way, he's he, so we're not trying to string you along, listeners and viewers. We feel bad, but he's he's in airport security right now. So uh, Garrett Bradbury will join us. Hopefully, this segment. Is. Does he need to go through security? He's a first round pick now. Does he not have like TSA pre-check? Right. Yeah. What's that thing where you or clear? Yeah. What's yeah, it? clear? Clear. Clear. Buzz right through now. I'm surprised he his nickname is the Grim Reacher because the one the one knock on Garrett Bradbury and his combine numbers was that little short arms. He's got short arms. Uh-oh. Which used to be like a huge, like that would knock you down into the second round if you had short arms. Well, that, Sharif Floyd was uh, late first round. But that was a ma- like t- Tyrannosaurus Rex arms. Are short arms as bad for centers as um, guards, especially tackles? I, I felt like I there was know. more concern about short arms with... Yeah, it's probably uh, more on the exterior... Yeah, with tackles because right. you can't get the yeah. ability yeah, I mean, to reach guys. I mean, if you're if you're on the outside and you're trying to slow down Daniil Hunter and you've got little T Rex arms, yeah, it's not going to work. You better have quick legs. <laughs> you got arms I, like C-Lo. I like how you're. That's good. See, folks <laughs> who are watching on Twitch, Phil Mackey playing the offensive line. Are, are you playing piano or are you trying to block a guy? <laughs> a little of both, actually. <laughs> <laughs> if that's how you try to block a guy, I don't care how long your arms are. It's, it's not, yeah, not going to work. You're in huge trouble. <laughs> it's not going to work yeah. at all. Uh, Way to go, so, Beethoven. So other things that, uh, that, that happened last night that you guys found interesting. Well, I think the, the Giants were just, well, the Giants were the talk of media this morning, in part because it's New York. But right. Uh, but just to sum up, Gettleman's do we? We don't happen to have. I guess we should have asked Jonathan. We don't happen to have the Gettleman audio, do we? Because it's easy to explain. He basically said, "Hey, uh, why'd you guys stretch for that Duke quarterback who was pretty mediocre?" And his arrogant answer was, with Pat Shermer sitting there very uncomfortably right next to him, was, "I uh, saw three series in the Senior Bowl and was convinced that this is a pro quarterback." Yeah, he like, really said that. Nobody puts any stock in the actual game at the Senior Bowl. The only reason scouts go to the Senior Bowl is to see how guys practice and how much they grind and how much they want it. The game itself is almost meaningless for most scouts. 
Yeah. That's insane. So we can come back to that, too. There's a couple other things that happened, uh, non-Vikings related, in the draft last night. But the most meaningful thing for people listening in the Twin Cities was the number 18 overall pick. And Garrett Bradbury, the Vikings' newest offensive lineman, newest player, joining us here on Mackey and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. Uh, Garrett, A, how are you? And B, uh, is this your first time in Minnesota, we hear? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Um, first time in Minnesota. Um, actually at the airport now, headed out. Uh, just kind of a day trip. And then I'll be back next week for rookie minicamp. First thought on when, when your name was called by the Vikings last night with that 18th pick, what went through your mind? Just, I mean, so many emotions. It was an unbelievable moment. I had some friends and family with me. It was just, it was special. It was an awesome night. When did it become real for you that you could play in the NFL? Because I'm sure people told you what the odds were at some point while you were growing up, even for somebody who played at the level that you did. When did you realize, like, yeah, this this dream is something that could really happen? Yeah, I mean, just after after I started starting games and I played the 16th season at guard and the 17th season at center, so somewhere kind of between there where you get some, get some playing time under your foot and you start to get better and, and work on your technique and um, somewhere around there. So, Garrett, as this process unfolded, did you begin to look at mock drafts or try and deduct who might t- take you? Because it's such a probably, for the player, a long process. How anxious did that become about where you, you might go, and I guess when as well last night? Yeah, I mean, I tried my best to not look at that stuff and keep an open mind. Um, just because it's, I mean, you can look at all that stuff, but it's not going to change anything. Uh, this process was a lot of hurry up and wait, and so I just tried to take it day at a time, honestly. Um, I think that helped a lot, just kind of be where my feet are. I, I spent the last month just training in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Um and just try to enjoy that and not not look ahead too much. Um, but absolutely fired up, so, so excited that I know where I'm going. So now that that it's done too, how how odd was it the, the process? Not so much from a workout standpoint and things look like that because that's football, but just from a standpoint of the combine and going through a process of being asked, you know, I'm sure some weird questions by teams and and the mental process. How odd did that become uh, as it unfolded? Yeah, I mean, you just you, you got to be a professional about it all, and you just got to attack it. And I mean, each step of, the, of this process is important, and you got to understand that. Um, and I mean, football is the most important part, but you also have to be a professional with this other stuff. And so, I mean, you, like I said, you just had to take it one step at a time, one day at a time, and, and that's kind of kind of where I was mentally with it. Hey, Garrett, what makes a great center? A great center? I mean, I think I think toughness and and um, intelligence is two of the biggest things. I mean, that's really just offensive line in general. Um, I don't think there's any more special characteristics. I mean, I think if you're tough and you're smart, you're, you can be a pretty good offensive lineman. So those are the two biggest things. Do you have any, any players, offensive line or otherwise, that you've either studied or that you admire or that have been maybe mentors to you uh, or the qualities that you like about those, about those guys? Uh, I think in terms of like a mentor um, – the biggest one would be probably Joe Tooney, who I played with um, a few years ago. He's been with the Patriots the last three years. Just from a, he just taught me how, his biggest thing was just get stuff done, get a degree early, get a grad degree, um, just do everything, um, be consistent. Those are kind of the biggest messages he he taught me. 
Talking with Vikings first round pick Garrett Bradbury here on Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new score north. I think a lot of people just assume that that the center is sort of the leader of the offensive line because you're calling out blocking schemes. You assemble the huddle. Is vocal leadership something you pride yourself on or, or do you just sort of take whatever role uh, sort of comes comfortably to you? I mean, I just I think communication is is absolutely huge. It's vital. Um, so without that, you're not going to be very good. So that that's been a huge part. Now, how did did you become a a Yankees fan? And you do realize that the one team the Twins fans hate because they could never get past them is your Yankees, Garrett Bradbury. <laughs> so it was more when I was younger. I was a Yankees fan. Um, my dad would go to New York probably every other week, and he'd bring bring Yankees year back for me and I grew up playing shortstop so obviously idolized Derek Jeter and it was more of like a younger thing and a few times I got to go with my dad in New York we go to games but um it it was really just I fell in love with like Derek Jeter and, and and that organization when I was younger but um that's probably it okay as a Yankees fan because because we're gonna flush this out because the Twins sweat the Yankees like for 15 years, and it's just it's been a, the Yankees curse. It's a very much talked about thing here. As a Yankees fan, do Yankees fans even know the Twins existed? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Like so, there was like when the when the Yankees and Twins were playing, it was like, oh okay. Like, what, did you ever feel like you were in, in in danger of losing a series? You can be honest. No. <laughs> yeah, kind of what we thought. Yeah. Garrett, there's a there's a video that's that's gone viral, especially since last night when you were drafted. Of you on a jet ski and your punter drop kicking uh, a kick off the dock, and you over the shoulder, quite impressively on the jet ski, catch the football. Like I said, very impressive. Also didn't look like something the Minnesota Vikings probably want you doing again. Did they say anything to you about that? Yeah, no, but we probably will hold off on, on jet ski catches from here on out. Uh, <laughs> but that was absolutely a, a phenomenal moment. We just we were like, let's just make a cool video at the lake with the jet ski, and we were trying to throw frisbee and catch it. Our punter was like, why don't I just jump off the dock and kick it to you? We are like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> um, it, was, it was an awesome time. Is that a little bit scary, though? I mean, you're on. It, it, it sounds dicey, Garrett. No, no, uh, that stuff's awesome. Have you ever uh, gotten a chance to display your receiving skills on the field? And is that something that you that you lobby for with your coaching staff once you get comfortable? Uh, I don't. I don't. I'm just. I'm not thinking about that at all. But uh, I did used to play tight end, so oh. you can definitely catch the ball if they need me yeah. to. All right, we got to ask you one last thing here. Is the is the Grim Reacher a name? Like, how did the Grim Reacher nickname come about? Is that like a media thing? Did you name yourself yeah, the Grim Reacher? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, that's yeah, that was not me. I always like to ask this when when a guy just gets drafted because fans want to get to know the guy more than just the the dude under the helmet and the shoulder pads. What does Garrett Bradbury do when when he's not playing football? You a video game guy? Netflix? You going to Avengers tonight? What's going on? Uh, I'm gonna go see Avengers when I can, but I, I don't know. I just like I like being near water. Uh, my parents live on the lake. I love going to the beach. Um, I don't know. I'm a pretty laid back guy. Right on. Well, welcome to the Twin Cities, and I know Vikings fans were when they were looking for an offensive lineman, and I think a lot of people were very happy when your name was called last night. And we look forward to seeing you in a Vikings uniform, Garrett. Thank you, man. Absolutely. Thank you all for having me. All Thanks, right. That is Garrett Bradbury, the Vikings' first overall pick or first round pick, 18th overall.
last night. That was a great Yankees question. <laughs> yeah, no, we know about the Twins. So were you ever concerned about them? Absolutely no. not. He laughed. Yeah, I know he, he did. Said, Come on, dude. That's a ridiculous funny. question. Like, that's He's right, too, to laugh. Yeah, you guys are adorable. <laughs> you, and your, you and your little team here that I probably will go see once in a while. But you know what you don't have? Jita. <laughs> you don't have Jita. Oh, man. Um, I, this might be a good time on air production meeting. We also, last night, right after the pick was made, mm-hmm. Gary Hahn is the North Carolina State play-by-play man. And we tracked him down. And she, we might as well. It's, it, it's a pretty short interview. And so we yeah. can, it's like maybe four or five minutes, but it's packed with insight into Garrett Bradbury and what kind of player he is. So, yeah, he was really good. It was a really good interview. So this is from last night's uh, Purple Daily live draft special. And uh, right after the, the selection was made, we tracked down Gary Hahn, voice of North Carolina State, and said, all right, what's up with this, what's up with this Bradbury guy? We're pleased to be joined here by Gary Hahn, play-by-play man for North Carolina State. We're pleased to be joined here by Gary Hahn, play-by-play man for North Carolina State, to tell us about Garrett Bradbury. We just, we'd love a couple minutes for you to fill us in and Vikings fans in on what the Vikings just got at number 18, Gary. Thanks for joining us. Well, you're very welcome. I think they're getting a really good football player. I mean, Garrett Bradbury was a three-year starter at State, had about 38 career starts, I believe. He won the Remington Trophy for the best center in the country, first-team All-ACC, Outland Trophy semifinalist, a kid that's very smart, athletic, extremely hard worker. He came to NC State as a 250-pound tight end. And uh, thanks to uh, Dan Burnett, the strength coach, and uh, Garrett Bradbury being the kind of worker he is with a tremendous work ethic, uh, made himself into the kind of uh, player that he uh, is now, first-round draft pick in the NFL. So, uh, I mean, what's uh, as far as I'm concerned, what's not to like about this young man? Talking with Gary Hahn, the uh, voice of NC State football, here on the Purple Daily live draft special after the Vikings select Garrett Bradbury Center out of NC State. I think sometimes demeanor and attitude is something that's overplayed in the sport of football, but I happen to think that in the trenches and with offensive linemen, it it really matters. Does he have some nasty to him? What what type of demeanor are we looking at with Garrett Bradbury? Yeah, he's smart. He's got a high uh, IQ, but uh, you're right. He does have an attitude, and he was the guy that the offensive line kind of gathered around. He was sort of the leader of the pack on the offensive line. Uh, State had a 1,000-yard rusher this year in Reggie Gillespie, and the year before, uh, two NFL players. Uh, he blocked for them, Jalen Samuels with the Steelers and Naheem Hines. And so, uh, you know, th- this is a guy who has worked hard, and uh, he's you know he's enjoying the fruits of all of that uh, labor because he's he's made himself into a really really good football player just through uh, sheer one two and obviously some god given ability but a tremendous work ethic and uh, he does have he does have some nasty to him and he this is a guy that wants to win at any cost. Gary, can you tell us about the game against Clemson that everybody talked about his tape? and then combining that with what he did at the Combine, pushing him up into being a first-round pick. But it seemed like that particular game pushed him over the top. What do you remember about that performance in the trenches? Well, uh, I'm usually following the ball. (laughs) That is uh, true. That is true. You're probably probably better (laughs) ask a coach about that. But I know one thing. Garrett Bradbury never uh, uh, surrendered a sack this entire year and you guys uh, obviously are following the draft you know how good the uh, the defensive line was for the Clemson Tigers 
and uh, to uh, be able to neutralize the people that he was he was able to block that day. I mean, that's pretty impressive because uh, State was going up against a, uh, a professional uh, defensive line that day, and uh, Garrett Bradbury obviously graded out very very well. And uh, when you're up against that kind of competition and you're able to get your job done and do your job, which Garrett Bradbury did for uh, three years and did it very well. And, and that's the other thing. Garrett Bradbury continued to get better each and every year. I mean, he just didn't take over as a sophomore and all of a sudden start to get some recognition. He really never got any recognition until uh, this year. And when you won the uh, the Remington Trophy, uh, I'll tell you what, you, you, you've done something, and I think that says a lot. Smart kid, too. Yeah, real smart. Has a uh, high uh, football IQ. I think academically he was one of the better uh, students on the on the team as well. But I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure about that. But in his uh, interviews with media and in his dealings with uh, the uh, people that uh, like us that follow the team all the time. I mean, Garrett Bradbury was one of the top interview uh, subjects. I mean, you always want you always knew you were going to get something really good. And uh, he would answer your questions. He wasn't trying to dodge anything. He would uh, look you in the eye and, uh, and give you a good answer. And uh, that's what the media people want. And so uh, he also has that going for him. Uh, well, listen, Gary, we, uh, we won't keep you here. We just really appreciate your insight. That's Gary Hahn. He is the voice of North Carolina State football. And uh, Garrett Bradbury is the newest addition to the Minnesota Vikings. Thank you so much for your time here, Gary. We really appreciate it. You are very welcome. You're getting a good football player. Likes him very much. Yeah. Gary Hahn, the voice of NC uh, State football, joining us last night on the Purple Daily Live Draft Special. And like Phil was saying, if you missed any of that, just search Score North Vikings wherever you download podcasts. We broke it down right to the lead-up of the pick, and then the pick itself, our reaction, and everything that follows. So get that at scorenorth.com slash Vikings. I was telling you guys, so, so he made, uh, Gary made an honest admission there that on Collar's question about some some trenches, and, and he was like, I just watch the ball. I, I, don't, I don't really watch. I want my play-by-play guy to just watch the trenches, to just be oblivious to everything that's happening. A 50-yard touchdown, but he doesn't see it because he's watching the right guy. Just a trenches guy? Just just only So, so like there's doing, a play-by-play guy who follows the ball, but then there's a different no, booth? No, there's, there's no there's play-by-play guy. Booth. No, there's no. no play-by-play guy that follows the ball. No, it's just, just trenches. No, no, trenches. no. Yeah. I, I'm saying different channels. No, I don't want that. So I you just got want the trenches? trenches? No, I'm giving you the trenches channel. <laughs> You I'm got the trenches Phil. channel. I'm, I'm with Phil. I want a game of just yeah, just yeah. trenches. So you'd get just the trenches from that from that channel. I'm about this the is process. like a retractable roof, Judd. I don't want both options. I want just one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm um, about the process, not the results. Luck, the the way, process too. is the trenches. The results take care of themselves. So if I- <laughs> Rami Maklov is bad luck. How am I bad luck? Because you came to town with your cute little put a roof on it hashtag thing, and now it <laughs> rains every other day. I think this is on you. It's not on me. I think this is, we were fine without you. And then you get here with that stupid hashtag, throwing this filth at Phil and I, and now it's supposed to snow tomorrow or some godforsaken thing. There's going to have to be a doubleheader on Sunday. Judd, this is you, you, you. Judd, I don't control the weather. Nobody does, which is why you might want to protect yourself from it and hashtag put a roof on Are it. Are you sure that you're not some type of, of I don't know what, <laughs> sent from I don't know where? From a roofing company? <laughs> I'm a lobbyist from a roofing company. I think you're bad luck. Spread propaganda. I think you're bad luck. By the way, you're kind of a fraud. You are going to the game tonight. I am. 
It's, it's, gonna be, it's under 60 degrees. This would very much be a roof-closed game at Miller Park, <laughs> which is ridiculous. 50 is my cutoff. Absolutely. I, won't oh, go, 50 I, won't, I won't go if it's under 50 degrees. And it'll be like, what, 52 or 54? Yeah. But if, the roof would be closed. Sure. Yeah. yeah so you, you'd you be happy. You'd be deprived of... I mean, of, I have baseball, so I'm happy. That's what I'm there for. Yeah, but baseball, you know, played you know who you're not going to have, though? You know who you're not going to have tonight? Yeah, that is some BS, dude. That is some real BS. Let's actually touch on this when we come back. Okay. Some bad news at Target Field tonight. <laughs> And actually, I, it's it's a very untwins like thing. It's a it's a battle won by the front office. I, I love like. it too, by the way. So we'll we'll talk about of course that. You do. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North. The draft round two on this very station in about an hour and twenty minutes. And uh, we'll probably have it fired up on one of these magical TCL TVs we have in the studio. The TCL TVs were rocking last night. We had we had. NFL Network, ESPN, the ABC College Game Day crew on because we got three TCL TVs here in the studio. Sometimes I forget we actually have a 40-inch TV sitting up here too, but it's dwarfed by the 55-inch ones. So regardless of what size TCL TV you want or uh, regardless of what type of subscription you have, whether it's cable or satellite, uh, just go pop into any major local retailer and find out for yourself why TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand. Just stare at one for a second. Then look at the price and honestly compare the price, compare the quality and the price to some of the other TVs on the market. And it's just going to be a no brainer. It's been great seeing some of the loyal listeners to Mackie and Jeb with Rami hit us up on Twitter with pictures of their living room setup or uh, their man cave setup with their TCL TVs. We're rubbing off on you. And uh, and I think I think you guys are going to be satisfied with your brand new TCL TVs. Let's also talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, where if you go to the website, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com and you click on the pre-owned vehicle search tab, you can find all kinds of great deals. I was once told by somebody in that showroom area, the Toyotas that are the, the pre-owned ones that are like eight to 12 years old. That's kind of the sweet spot where you get a lot of people think, oh, man, that's. That's getting to be an old car, and there's a hundred plus thousand miles on it. But that's actually where the the smart ones find a lot of value, and uh, those cars maybe stay on the lot for twenty four or forty eight hours because you can get another hundred thousand miles out of them. You still have a lot of great uh, internal technology in like the two thousand thirteens and the elevens, and the prices are great. How about this two thousand eleven Camry right now with one hundred fourteen thousand miles on it? You can double that, by the way, and uh, you'll still be good with that service department. Just eighty nine ninety five a two thousand thirteen Corolla LE with just twenty six thousand miles on it for eleven nine ninety five Luther Brookdale Toyota six ninety four and Brooklyn Boulevard Mackie and Judd with Rami back in just a couple minutes. Thank you, Jonathan. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new Score North on fifteen hundred scorenorth dot com or listen to us on the Score North app. It's available for Apple and Android. Give us that five star rating. Subscribe to your favorite podcasts. Leave your comments, and uh, you can win things by listening on the app. So uh, tonight is La Tortuga night at Target Field. They got the T-shirts they'll be handing out. They have the La Tortuga sandwich, which will be sold, which will be recreated by me and then put up for Rami's recipes next week at scorenorth.com. And I get news via the Twitters today. There will be no La Tortuga in the lineup for the Minnesota Twins. Savage. That's, that's, that's a starting savage starting move. lineup. He's a utility player. This seems very fair to me. What's wrong? Judd takes so much joy in my in my in my misery. I don't. I don't oh, it's I don't, not just yours. That's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair at all. Tell him, Phil. 
It's not just Rami. Judd is the ultimate ambulance chaser. I've always said I this about Judd. The same way. Judd, this doesn't. What I'm about to say about Judd doesn't really apply to the to the Astadio thing. But Judd <laughs> is the one. Whatever the gap is between perfection and whatever something is, it could be like. Something is 98, like the 15 and 1 or whatever the thing is, right? Yeah. And Judd's always going to point at the 2% that's not perfect. Hey, he still lost a game. <laughs> <laughs> that's Judd's old get in a I'm going to say this, though. I've, <laughs> I've always argued against, like when people complain that LeBron James takes rest. No, that's my kid's only chance to see LeBron James play when you came to our town. How could you do that? Judd had that about Mike Conley two years ago. Actually. I melted down. <laughs> oh, Memphis, Memphis went not... Me- Memphis had Gasol what? and Conley in the second game so? of the season at Target Center in the Wolves opener and went non-competitive and it drove me crazy. Nobody was going to see Mike Conley. But it was Nobody opening was night. They won a competitive, but they won a competitive game. Phil and I had a huge fight. Oh my we God. had a legitimate fight about this. We had a huge fight. It took an hour. I was very upset because I went to a game and then I saw a non-competitive game in game two. It was ridiculous. So I've always said, like, that's that, that can't be their concern. <laughs> that, that's not their problem. They're not going to start LeBron James because your kid wants to see him the one time that he's in town. They can't They can't care about that. They have to do what's best for their their organization, their franchise, what will, what will get them a championship or at least put them in best position to win a championship. And I would say the same thing to somebody who is complaining about something like La Tortuga night. If I wasn't going, but I'm going. So this is some BS right here that La Tortuga isn't playing on La Tortuga night. I don't know what the reason is. I'm sure it's a lefty righty thing or I don't know. Well, let's let's look it up. So who's pitching for the Earls tonight? Alex Cobb yeah. is pitching for the Earls tonight, mm-hmm. and uh, he is a, a turned into a pretty mediocre right-handed pitcher. He's pretty good earlier in his career. Yeah, he had some nice years with the Rays, and the tw- I think the Twins almost signed him. It was kind of him and Lance Lynn. And they Lynn. shelled him a week and a half ago, right? Yeah. So, Williams asked Adio, right-handed batter, so there, maybe there's a platoon thing there that they're trying to avoid. But I, shockingly, I think am, am more with Rami on this. In that you guys are drawing Twins, 7,000 fans. Like, how many people are really showing up to Target Field these early? They even moved they the start out. time. They sold out. Of the La Tortuga package that comes with the T-shirt. But how many? How many? I don't know. Tickets is that? I don't 5, know. Five thousand. Probably more than they would have sold were it not La Tortuga night. Well, here's my point: the Twins are trying like crazy to get people in the seats for these early games. They've and it's a combination of yeah, it's cold weather and it's just sort of standard standard uh, stadiums that don't have a roof on it. Rami, things that you deal with, but mm-hmm. it's also right. They've lost Hashtag the faith. They've lost the faith of fans the last four or five years. So I'm I'm speaking strictly from a business office perspective. Like if I'm Dave St. Peter, and we're busting our asses to try and not only get the team to be more competitive, but to just do things for the fans that get them hooked, and they get this golden goose of a player. Williams Astadio is legitimately in my life watching the Twins, and I'm this is not hyperbole. In my life watching the Twins. The most popular players, there's one tier of like Kirby Puckett, Kent Herbeck. I mean, there's like that 91 through uh, like the mid-90s tier. And then there's Joe Maurer and Justin Morneau. But but Williams Astadio is probably one of the 10 most popular players I've seen in my life watching the Twins. And he's this golden goose that fell in their laps. And they honor him with a La Tortuga night. The dude is batting 298 with an 824 OPS. He's raking for the most part. He struck out one time all year. It's not like you're running the risk of anything terrible happening if you don't put him in the game. Like, you can do worse than put this dude in a game to swing a bat. He's a really good hitter. And they're just like, 
I don't know. They're just like thumbing their noses at it. So, so you, ordinarily, I would agree with Judd so on this. So you guys but. are saying the, these guys who go through this huge list of of lineup combinations and why a guy should play and why a guy shouldn't play, that they're supposed to put this on hold because it's La Tortuga I'm not saying... Because I'm going. Not not just that <laughs> okay, it's La well, Tortuga night, because okay. I'm going. Okay. I'm saying this I know purely selfishly. If, okay. I, if I wasn't going... If this had nothing to do with me, then you wouldn't care. I'd say the twins are probably doing what they think is right. And right. what Judd, the point Judd was just about to make, which is they have stacks of analytics and whatnot that determines, at least to some degree, what their lineup is going to be on any given night. And I'm sure that was the case tonight. And it just so happened to be La Tortuga night. But La Tortuga, I just looked this up. La Tortuga in his major league career, which, you know, we're talking, we're talking like 200 at bats or whatever it is, he hits 336. With almost a 900 OPS against right-handed pitching, if there was you a want to he- call Rocco, this isn't like oh we're going to start Drew Butera because it's Drew Butera bat night and it's either <laughs> him or Joe Mauer and like you're just going to put a sacrificial lamb out there for four at bats. You've got a legit hitter here who can actually do some damage with the bat and it's his night at Target Field. So I love this front office and I love the fact that they're doing what they're doing and the Twins are off to a hot start. But let's be humans for a second. Put this dude in the game in the starting lineup and celebrate. A golden goose popular player. Is, I'm more worked up about this than I thought no I would be. Ru- there's no room here for being a human. Oh, <laughs> There's no room for that. This is analytics. This is baseball in 2019. This is robot umpires. This is co- lineup construction that's done very specifically. Show me the analytics that say that Williams Astadio can't get three hits off Alex bleeping Cobb tonight. You know what? We it's need to get, Alex Cobb. We need to get Derek Justin Verlander. or Rocco on the phone right now to tell us why they're not starting Dude, him. I'm sure there's a good reason. Alex Cobb has made two starts this year. He has an 11.88 ERA. Opponents are hitting 385 off this dude. He can't throw a ball through a wet paper bag. Has anybody, has anybody said, has anybody found the statistic that made them decide Astadio won't be in the lineup? I haven't seen anything on Twitter. That's because there is none. Has anybody found like a split, a matchup? Put it this way. Something that. Maybe the guy who who is in the lineup instead of Astadio, although that, that could be any number of guys because he plays so many positions. Like, does somebody have a real good history against Alex Cobb that they had to go with over over La Tortuga? I don't. It it. I'm mad. I'm mad. <laughs> I love it. You're mad for selfish reasons. Yeah. I'm mad on behalf of all of Twins fans, and, and I'm just, like, you guys are clowns. I'm ecstatic that they're doing the right thing. The right thing. The right thing. The twins way. I'm still going to go way. get my shirt and eat my sandwich and enjoy baseball until I get cold and then go home. But Which will be about the third. <laughs> Jonathan Harrison could walk up to home plate with a corn dog in his hand and get a single off of Alex Cobb. Okay? And he probably would if he went to Challenge the game. accepted. Let's do this. <laughs> with the corn dog? On, yes. Like using the corn dog as a bat? If it's frozen, yes. <laughs> Challenge accepted, boys. Let's Keep it frozen this. until after the at bat. Yeah. yeah, then can I eat it afterwards? Well, heat it up in the microwave. Yeah. Yes. Alex Cobb. Strategic advantage. Oh. Gonna, Listen to you. Oh, yeah. Listen to you all these years, all these years of analytics that were dumped on me and Royce. And now you're mocking them. overthinking it. What's it's going it, on here? Why? So you've got a guy who's popular. See, you I, can cater to the fan and business side of this by putting a really good hitter against a really crappy pitcher on his night. I'm not. What am I missing? I'm not 100% in agreement with Phil. I believe 
that there is probably a good reason. I haven't seen it yet. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that there's probably a good reason analytically for why Williams Estadio isn't in the lineup. Or, like I said, maybe other guys have better matchups, why they are in the lineup. This is purely out of selfishness for me. This is just, I'm going to the game tonight. So you're still going to get the shirt. For La Tortuga night. I want to see the man play. You're still going to get your sandwich. Who cares if he plays? He's going to come in the game if they allow him to in the eighth inning and get a standing ovation from the, whatever, 15,000 people that are going to be there. I only decided to go to the game after they made the call, after they made the roster moves that pretty much solidified his spot on the roster through Friday. This is basically like he's in, he might as well be in Rochester. He might as well wow. be in Rochester tonight for me and the other Twins fans who are going just for La Tortuga night, but mostly, mostly for me. The analytics. <laughs> Can you believe the Grizzlies sat Mike Conley in that game, though? That was BS. <laughs> the analytics. <laughs> All these it's years. Alex Cobb. Here scoffing at analytics. All these right years. Alex Cobb. I know. Oh, and Alex Cobb. Yeah. Show me the analytics. <laughs> well, let's find them. Show me the analytics. Somebody call Somebody call Target Field. We'll find out. There has to Alex be some reason. Cobb. We're fearful of Alex Cobb. Come on. What if, what if they know that La Tortuga is a major threat off the bench late in games? <laughs> well, pinch yeah, it he in. is. And so Astadia is being withheld, not because he's done something wrong, but because he's needed for late game uh, heroics. Uh, La Tortuga now? Has he's hitting again now? 148 career plate appearances in the major leagues against much better pitchers than Alex Cobb. He has four strikeouts, four yeah. strikeouts. Hey, and he hits the ball hard. More importantly, when are you going to try and recreate the sandwiches? And at what point are you going to bring them in for us? Uh, next next week. I'll, I'm going to do it next week. I'm not okay. sure which day exactly yet, but I okay because they're because we need them hot. How do I they're, do that? I don't know how you do it, but you need to do that. Because <laughs> they if like, they're not hot, they're not that master chef. They're not that great. Hey, can I ask? Oh. What's the difference between a La Tortuga sandwich and one of those chuck wagon sandwiches you get at like Quick Trip? I've never had a chuck wagon. The La, first of all, it's not mouth. Quick Trip. Um, but secondly, the La Tortuga looks to me similar to a Cuban. You had it, it Judd, right? It is very similar, which is why if it sits. It's not that good. I have an idea. The Cuban is fantastic, but it's got to be right off the... I don't know if we can clear this by by corporate, but our cafeteria kitchen closes at 1.30. I could just cook them down in the cafeteria, and you guys would get them fresh off the grill if that's something that what the if you, powers that be would allow. Actually, what if I went one step further for uh-huh. you? Because Brian and the dudes downstairs like would probably love a day off. Uh-huh. What if... What if <laughs> What if the special no. on Monday no. was La Tortuga sandwiches Dude. and you made La Tortuga sandwiches for the whole building over I, lunch? I love cooking, but I could not work in the food industry. That is a level just, of it, pressure. It's just one day. No, I can't. It's a le- Dude, I respect people who work in kitchens so much. I could not keep up with that pace. Like I cook, I cook to enjoy it and like as a hobby and to relax, and I'm sort of leisurely about it and do it at my own pace. When you got people waiting for food, man, and those orders are flying in, and it's hot in there, and you're sweating, what and if it's, what, what and, if it's like it's salad bar, so it's pre-prepped salad bar, or it's the La Tortuga? So you're not going to get people walking up and saying, "Yeah, I want like a customized right. uh, barbecue bacon rodeo burger." Oh, oh, you could just make the one thing. I'll do it if you guys will be my kitchen staff. Now wow. you know what, you know what, you know what, you know what. Forget the rest of the company. I want you to get in that kitchen at two o'clock. 
and make us the sandwiches. <laughs> if I'm, I don't if, care about the rest of the people I work with. I don't even know their names. If I'm allowed access to the kitchen, I'd be happy to do it. All right. And we could even shoot it like a cooking show. It could be like a real Rami's Recipes episode for Seth a YouTube could do it for you. Yeah, we'll look into this. All right. Okay. All right. When we come back, predictions that are almost certainly going to go wrong based on the results so far this year. It's write that down and an accountability session. Mackie and Judd with Rami from the TCL Studios. Well, speeding is, uh, is something we are probably all guilty of on the roads if we're being totally forthright here. Now, here are some facts about speeding, courtesy of Federated Mutual Insurance Company from the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration that might surprise you a little bit. Speeding was a contributing factor in accidents that killed more than 10,000 people on U.S. highways in 2016. 27% of traffic fatalities and a 4% increase from the year before. Even the best drivers, and we all probably think we're better at driving than we really are. Well, we're not above the laws of physics. The faster you go the more uh, danger you are in and the greater potential for loss over control of your vehicle, even on the perfect road in ideal conditions. So if we're all actively monitoring our speed and driving for environmental and traffic circumstances, that's how we make sure everyone gets home safe today by keeping our vehicles at the appropriate speed. Federated insurance, it's our business to protect yours and it's our business to make terrible predictions when we come back. Mackie and Jeb with Rami.